0: If you've ever felt awkward or tongue-tied in conversation and maybe even felt a bit embarrassed, well, today's expert is here to help you out. Deborah Fine evolved from a shy engineer into an internationally recognized conversation and networking skills expert, a motivational speaker, and a best-selling author. In her book, The Fine Art of Small Talk, has been published and translated in over two dozen countries. And Deborah is with me now as our Monday expert to give us some tools on how to improve our small talking skills. Hi, Deborah.
1: Hey, Jesse. Good to talk to you in New Zealand today.
0: Great to talk to you as well. Um, I feel a lot of pressure for this first question. How are you?
1: Well, I'm doing great. I'm looking at flying out to New York City later today. And may I add, Jesse, you did such a good job today. Can I let your um, listeners know what I mean by that? Yeah, go on. I say, to everyone, I don't know Jesse. I have met him literally three minutes ago in an audio setting. And yet this is what I know about him because he's so good at this, whether he realizes it or not is he he let me know he has children (laughs) and the way he did it was when I asked him how he was doing he said it was the first I believe he said it this way I'll paraphrase it was the first day back from holiday from school and he had some running to drop off kids and he made it to the studio in the nick of time is that right Jesse that's
0: correct yes that's pretty much me every day but uh (laughs) yes it was particularly stressful today (laughs)
1: but it was so handy. And, you know, this is what it boils down to. When you have the time and the interest in connecting with people, sometimes we're in a hurry. Sometimes uh, we need to pass somebody in the hall. Sometimes we are at a meeting and are there to meet with certain uh, clients. So we don't have time for chit chat with the Jesse Mulligans of the world. But when we do have time, isn't it great when someone like yourself or any of us give a little nugget, a little factoid to keep the conversation going, to build rapport with people. He didn't brag about his kids. He didn't go on and on about, you know, how his morning went and how rushed he was. He simply just told me a little factoid about himself. So I just love that example because it just happened. Whereas most people, um, when you say, how are you? In any country, they say fine how are you yeah.
0: good
1: <laughs> and then we're still we still haven't gotten anywhere we've just greeted each other <laughs> like, well, how's your holiday good well how was yours good yeah how are the kids great how are yours good and it's just exhausting there's no connection
0: you're suggesting that as well as asking the right conversations in small talk you also have to give little offerings you're you're fueling fueling the conversation by throwing some fuel into the fire
1: that's exactly right. I I call it playing the conversation game. So it's like throwing a ball back and forth. I can throw a ball at you, like. So you're a skilled interviewer, a skilled journalist, right? That does not mean you're a skilled small talker. You may be. It sounds like you are. We're all good at our work. So I used to be an engineer. Some people are fourth grade, you know, teachers. Some people are attorneys. Uh, some people are you know landscape architects. We're all good at what we do because we apply ourselves. But when We don't have control. For instance, with small talk, we have no control. We don't we don't know the right icebreaker. We don't know how to keep the conversation going. So I say one of the great ingredients to great conversation is, as you just said, Jesse, to play the conversation game. Give somebody something to talk about with you. When they say, How was your holiday or how are your kids? Give them one sentence. One sentence, because they may not have meant it. When they said how was your holiday? They may have just meant Hello. It's just a greeting, right? They don't really, it's rhetorical. Mm. They don't really mean it. So just give people a sentence and answer. Oh, my kids are great. Uh, we took them on a, a, a great uh, a trip skiing uh, during the holiday and they really enjoyed it. And then you move on to something else
0: in those moments where you are talking to someone and it's not just not working, you know, maybe it's a date or maybe it's a party meeting, meeting a stranger. Is, is that often just the case then that, that you're both trying, but maybe not quite trying in, in the right way?
1: Well, I would say if, if you're on a date, if I was on a date with someone and they, and we were both trying, my guess there would be success, not success that we have chemistry or that we want to see each other again. But certainly where I could learn from you, maybe discover commonalities, maybe discover that you've um, learned something that I've never known about. Maybe you've been to the bottom of the ocean or you have read a book or you've seen a film. There's always something to learn from people unless they're a class A jerk or abusive in some way. So you can (laughs) I believe you. I believe in most interaction so not both people are trying more often than not it has to be me that assumes that burden and that is a real key to being a good conversation this is at least one of us has to assume the burden of keeping that <laughs> conversation going so for instance if i was on a date and i'm not dateable right now i'm married but if i was on a date um and i was meeting a gentleman for the first time and we've been talking we've been texting you know we've been flirting you know via um, uh, <clears throat> devices, I might say to him, instead of how are you, I might say, well, catch me up on your week mm-hmm. or bring me up to date on your work. Because mm. If I say, how's your work? How was your work this week? He, she, they will probably say, oh, great. How was yours? But if I say, catch me up on your work this week or bring me up to date on the kids, Jesse, isn't that a little different than how are the kids?" So if i want to talk to you there's so so many great ways to launch conversations besides how's the project how's um the weather how's the restaurant instead i would say to you catch me up on the project you've been working on lately yeah. or bring me up to date what's new in your year so far huh. instead of how's your year so it's not just an open-ended question it's, it, it demands an answer it just demands an answer but let me take your question a little further and say if it's just not working, let's just say you're a bump on a log person, Jesse, and I'm on a date with you, yeah. I would exit the conversation or I would just say, you know, um, you know, I'm really glad to meet you, sometimes show appreciation, I appreciate that you came out this way to have coffee, I need to go, I have another appointment. I mean, you can't make people want to talk to you if they don't <laughs> want to talk to you. You just, you know, if you could change people and make them want to talk to you, then I would have changed my first husband and kept him, but I couldn't change <laughs> So I couldn't be the perfect. So I got got a new one. But um, but oftentimes people say, "Well, oh, but but Deborah, you know, my my boss is a monopolizer. My um, girlfriend won't stop talking. What can I do to make her, him, they change? I don't. You can't make people change. All you can do is if somebody's talking too much about their holiday, and or their project or their week then try to change the topic by saying, gosh, you know, it sounds like you really had a great holiday. You know, I'm looking forward to next year. We're we're hoping to go to fill in the blank. Now, if they say, oh, that sounds great. We'd like to do that too. Let me tell you what our plans are. That means they want to be center stage and you can't change them.
0: Can you tell me a bit about your story, how you ended up in this life, what the sort of the big moment was for you?
1: Well, the biggest epiphany for me was that I didn't I went into engineering because I didn't know how to chat with people. I didn't even want to chat with people. It wasn't I just didn't know how. They directed me because I was so great in math into teaching or, or engineering. I chose engineering so I wouldn't have to chat with people at all. And um I was right. I, I got to be in sort of a cubbyhole. I was the type of individual that when there was a meeting, I would sort of hide, lurk in the hall until the, the meeting was about to begin, because I was a very good girl, I would never be late. And then I'd walk in, because I, I didn't know what to say to you, Jesse, you're my boss mm-hmm. or you're my peer, my colleague. And um, I had epiphany as a, a, in my 30s. I thought, you know, it was lonely and it was empty and I just wanted to connect. So I started to watch people and I did some other things in my life and I changed my life. I changed my life. I used to think, because I was an introvert and at that time I was shy, that you should walk up to me and start a conversation at a party. I I really believe that I thought shy people, introverted people like we can't walk up to people like you have to walk up to me at church or at a party or at an event. And it was just such a I also used to think and I bet your listeners can identify with this um, when I would be at a party, I would think that there was a spotlight on me and everybody there knew I had no one Uh to talk to. I just knew you knew that about me. That is so self-centered, and yet introverts, we're nicer than the rest of the planet, but we are so self-centered that we think a room full of people is looking at us. I'm like, I can see your picture now, Jesse, and you're a fine-looking man, but you're not, you know, I mean, is everybody, well, maybe you're a celebrity and everyone's looking at you, but for most of us, <laughs> nobody's looking at us unless we're, you know, this tennis player that just won Wimbledon. Yeah, Everybody's yeah. looking know everyone's he, got their he's, own problems <laughs> yeah he's, got a, he's a rock star everybody's looking at him but um but nobody's looking at you so introverts need to start taking responsibility for assuming the burden of making other people feel comfortable i look around a room that's what i had to learn uh, during my epiphany and i i always look for someone that i think is safe you never you're never certain but somebody standing by themselves looking like they don't have someone to talk to that's who I walk up to, and my favorite way to start a conversation is to use what I refer to as free information. I use the free information about the occasion or location. There's many sources of free information, mm-hmm. but of occasion or location. So for instance, if um I did it with you today, I said, so where are you in New Zealand today? Because the free information I have about you, just the only thing I knew about you, you know, I read your professional background, but I didn't know a thing about you. Yeah. But the free information is that you are in New Zealand today. I, I probably should have known you were in Auckland, but because this is um, on a device and it's um, uh, um, virtual, you could be somewhere else today. I, I didn't, I, I wasn't certain where you were. So that's a great way to start. Where are you today? Where That's free information. If we're at a party, how do you know the host, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if we're, if I'm on a date with you. So how did you come to this part of the country? Mm. Did you grow up here? Or are you from somewhere else? Um, if you're, if I'm running a 5K, okay, and I'm at the starting, waiting for the race to begin, I, I can easily, and I will assume the burden of turning to the person at my right and saying, Hey, have you done this before, or what's your number one ingredient to training? I, you know, it's based on free information. We're both running this 5K. Yeah. We're both at this party, so we both must know the host. We're both at an industry conference. You know, what have you heard about the speaker, or what do you hope your number one takeaway is today from this conference? Yeah, so you,
0: you're finding something now. that you have in common, and that doesn't need to be a passion for Barbara Streisand or a love of Stephen King novels. It can be just the fact that you know that you're both in the same place at the same time, or you both know that you... Um, both neither the bride occasion. or the groom, yeah, yeah, and you, and you start from there. And
1: groom is, is a great, but if we are at a concert now, you throw Jesse, you throw some stars from New Zealand at me. Don't throw Barbara hand <laughs> at me. It's
0: so I don't know why Both. she uh, why she jumped into my head. Let's say Lord instead then
1: okay, Lord. Now I know who Lord is. Mm. So if we're at a Lord concert, I don't know if she's been touring or not, but we're at a Lord concert. I might say, you know, when did you first become a fan? Or how did you manage to land tickets if they were really hard to get? Or what other concerts have you gone to recently? Or what's your favorite concert? The free information is the occasion, a concert. What's been your favorite concert in your life so far, Jesse? That's what I would ask you. If we were standing in line for Lord, that's what I would ask you.
0: This is for some people, this is intuitive, right? Some people are just born. They know how to just slide into conversation. But it, but there's no shame to having to learn this stuff and no shame to going along to an event with some of the stuff in your back pocket.
1: Right. But let me just throw, I agree with what you just said. Mm. There's no shame. I mean, I had to learn how to do it. and. I created a business and the only reason I could create I used to think it was just dorky engineers like me who would want to learn how to do it. And shockingly, every there's so many people that we're not born all of us with this gift of gab that I think you're referring to. Yeah. Some people are born with that innate talent. But let me just talk about them for a second, because people can be very charismatic and just they come by it naturally and, and hooray for them. But I would say to them <laughs> Be aware of those people standing by themselves with no one to talk to because people that are extroverted and charismatic, people are drawn to them so that they, they don't have to put out any energy. It's sort of there. Look for people that you could assume the burden with and include and at least introduce around. Be a good buddy out there, even if I don't know you and include me and introduce me to other people. So and don't, you know, extroverts tend to talk too much. They do. Just because you're born with a gift of gap doesn't mean you know when to shut up.
0: <laughs>
1: Jesse, right correct um, and there's some major conversation killers out there that i cover big time extroverts do so do introverts and a big one people born with the gift of gab do this so i i'm interacting with somebody encounter somebody and they're looking for work you know and they've been struggling so i say to them well let you know tell me you know what kind of approach have you taken what what does your objective say on your credentials and uh what have you shown to highlight on your um on your i don't know if you call it resume yeah yeah cv resume yeah cv and your cv and so the person tells me what they highlighted in here watch watch me do this born with a gift of gab um even though i wasn't but i say oh well i don't you shouldn't do it that way you know i think the best success to getting work these days is to this this and this don't offer people unsolicited advice. <laughs> okay, I mean, if somebody just broke up with their guy, well, oh, he he did this, he wouldn't do this, I couldn't stand when he did that. Oh, my gosh. You know, what? why, why didn't you break up with him sooner? She doesn't need to hear that. She <laughs> needs to hear, oh, my gosh, that sounds really frustrating. Oh, is there anything I can do to help you? So to, people can often be advisors in conversation without, without, really understanding that that's a way to shut down a conversation people that are um born with the gift of gab this is what they do jesse pretend we haven't met so yeah. I, I just i go so jesse what do you do what do you do i'm um,
0: a radio announcer work on the um, afternoon show at rnz and
1: and where are you from originally jesse? Uh, from hamilton mom?
0: just just uh, 90 minutes south of here actually but i came up here for the for the work
1: so what you witnessed, everyone, is an FBI agent at work. Did you hear what I did to Jesse? <laughs> I asked him what he did. What I should, after he told me what he did, I should have said, well, what's a typical day like for you? <laughs> said, you know, how describe it, or how'd you get into that? Or what's the greatest challenges to the work that you do? Stay on topic. Oh, that's good. Say, that's good. And, and so people just hammer you. It's almost like they're interviewing you.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's very I mean, good. It's very good. Go start, go deep rather than go broad, hey?
1: Exactly. Well, go deep in a in a thoughtful way, right? Another way of going deep is this. Uh, for instance, what what's my, I, as I said, I'm married. So my husband's going to say, how did the uh, interview go? Right? Isn't he going to say, of course, we all know he's going to say that. Do we know if he means it or not? No, none of us know that. Nobody <laughs> listening, including me. So he's going to say, how did it go? And I'm going to say, great. And then... If he wants to connect on that topic, he needs to dig in deeper to uh-huh. let me know he really meant it. So tell me about the program, Deborah, or who interviewed you, or what, what what do you think the best part of the interview was? then he's let me know by digging in deeper that he really wants to hear more about no, the interview. Okay. He may not want to hear of Jesse. I mean, there's sports on TV here. You know, that's a that
0: thing. You need to watch that old. Uh For people who have just tuned in, I'm talking to Deborah Fine. Uh, she is our Monday expert, and her book is called The Fine Art of Small Talk. She's giving us tips on conversation-making. Um, and and one of the easiest things, I think, to have a conversation about is children, uh, right? Because if you know somebody has children... Or grandchildren there is so much that you can ask them so much information you can exchange and yet i should point out deborah that you do have a a couple of no-go topics for asking questions about and children happens to be one of them
1: well they are because not everybody has children so you and i could go on and on about children right because i have children you obviously have children but I say to people, don't ask somebody like I don't even know if you're married right now, Jesse, because you haven't disclosed that. Mm. So by the way, just because you have children, I will not assume that you're married. But I will not ask you that either, because I think that's a real it's just going down a rabbit hole that I don't like. So I don't ask people, do you have kids? For for two reasons I don't ask them. One is if they don't have kids, where are we headed? If they do have kids, they often won't shut up. So that you know, that's a good reason. <laughs> i mean that is a nice but if you're at a school event or a football event with your your daughter or son then you know you say to you know the other parent tell me about your kid or but here's my favorite way to get to know somebody jesse because i don't know if they have kids i don't know if they like to do yoga don't know what kind of work they do don't so if i meet you but like right now i i met you in a work situation Mm -hmm. this is a professional setting if we had had time to chat and i wanted to get to know you i would say so jesse what keeps you busy outside of your work as a radio announcer? So if I meet somebody at a school event with my kids, I'll say, so what keeps you busy outside of your kids? And they'll either talk about work or they'll talk about fitness or they'll talk about, they like to paint. And that's where the conversation will go. If I meet you at a conference and I know that you work, I'll say, what keeps you busy outside of your work? And that's how I get to know you. And you tell me what you want me to know. You tell me if you have kids or you tell me if you um, like to paint or do yoga. And I don't label you. If I going, number one, I don't ask people I meet unless it's at an industry conference. What do you do? Come on. (laughs) Instead, you're on a date with somebody, right? And you know he, she, they um, is in IT because it was on their little thing um, on whatever the dating app was. You know that and you know... So I would say to, to this person, what keeps you busy or what do you do for fun outside of your work? And let them talk. But that way you're not like going instead of are you, have you ever been married before or are you, um, you know, tell me more about your work. We want to learn more about a person. And my favorite way to do it is to say what keeps you busy outside of fill in the blank
0: um unsurprisingly this conversation between you and i is um going very well and we're running short on time uh, there's a couple of things i definitely want to hit with you and, and one of them is the white flag can you tell me a bit about that in fact i might have inadvertently done it just then
1: it's just giving the white
0: flag. <laughs> so We have we have 6 minutes it wasn't a, i wasn't okay. waving the flag too uh, frantically
1: well, but it but it was good it was helpful everyone listening, do you see Jesse told me, well, you know, we're, I don't, I, we're running out of time or we're, we're going to wrap this up soon. And so now I know we're, we're, we're coming close. So don't Deborah, don't babble too much. Now I know I have six minutes, but a moment ago, I didn't even know that. I thought it could be a minute or two and that's what we're going to do. And he gave me a white flag. He gave me a warning. So he, (laughs) what he doesn't want to do to me and he's a pro at this. So he definitely doesn't want to do this to me is say, got to go and just Hang up. Mm-hmm. So that would not be very nice. <laughs> Nor would it sound good to his listeners. <laughs> so this, this is what we should do with people when we want to get away from them. We may want to get away from them because they're boring us to tears. We may want to get away from them because we see other people here at this party that we want to catch up with, and we don't want to be held hostage by this one person. Right? There's there's a million reasons. We may need to get back to the office. Right. And somebody's going on and on, or maybe even they're not. So the white flag is this: show appreciation if you can. Now, Jesse didn't have the opportunity. We weren't near right at the end, but right at the very end, what Jesse will probably say: "Well, it's been it's been great talking mm-hmm. to you, Deborah. One last question. That'll be his white flag. Mm-hmm. So that's what we want to do in real life. We want to say, it's so it was really fun learning about you know your kids. That's it, showing appreciation. It was very interesting learning about this class that you're taking." Um, gosh, your trip sounds good. Oh, good for you that you put in you know, <laughs> five days a day. So that's showing appreciation. Now here's the white flag. You know, I'm going to need to um, wrap this up in a minute because I have other clients here that I need to meet with before it's time to sit down for the luncheon. Um, oh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm so glad to hear about your vacation. It sounds like fun. Give me, the, I just want to know the highlight of your vacation before I make my way around the room to catch up with some other friends. I've let you know, you're gonna tell me the highlight of your vacation, and then I'm out of here. So you can get out of this conversation with dignity. I've waved the white flag, you know, I'm gonna take off in a minute, but before I go, tell me the highlight. Gosh, your kids sound great. You know, what else have, were you busy with over their holiday that that they had fun with? Before I take off because I have a proposal due back at the office and I I gotta get out of here. What you know, what was the one thing they really loved the most about that trip? I've let you know we've got we've got a minute or two. Wow, you know, it sounds like your work has really been going well. I'd love to hear what your number one ingredient is to success before I take off because I, you know, I, I just need to make sure I, I meet with some of the other clients here. What, what would you say your number one ingredient to your success is? So that's w- waving the white flag. We're we're warning them this is almost over. And like I said, you did it, although you did it a little early for a white flag. <laughs> <But> every- <laughs> When you watch people on t- television and/or and you listen to them on radio, they all do it. They say, "Well, we've got time for one last question. Mm-hmm. We've got about thirty seconds left. Can you tell me how can the economy recover after all these um, these rates have gone up?" They tell them, "You've got thirty minutes left. Answer this question." Basically, you're doing going to do the same thing. All of us in conversation.
0: Can you give us uh, finish with a a low risk or maybe a a low terror way for people to practice this stuff
1: well this is what i always say and i think it's very important anybody listening who exercises i used to be extremely overweight into my adulthood and um i would be the first to tell you i hated to run or anything like that so i I will tell you that i've been trim for Very trim for over 30 years, and it's thanks to exercise, but I will also tell you that I hate exercise, but I, so that hasn't changed, but I make myself do it every day for an hour. So I'm going to ask everyone out there if they want to find success in meeting new people, whether it be for their social life or their romantic life or possibly their business life that you need to turn it into a task the same way I've turned exercise into a task. So when I wanted to become a better conversationalist and build my community, I told myself I had to talk to three new people a week. Now a new person could be a neighbor that ordinarily you just open the garage door and go in, or you ride the elevator and you don't say a thing. It could be somebody that you're acquainted with, but you haven't had a conversation with. So it doesn't have to be a complete stranger. But tell yourself, you're going to meet three new people that week. When I go into a function to this day, any function, you invite me to a party at your house, Jesse, do you know what I tell myself? Mm. You're going to meet two new people at this party, Deborah, because see, here's my other option. I can stand over in the corner and hope somebody will walk up to me, but that doesn't usually happen. So before I enter a business or social function, I turn it into a task you're gonna meet one new person today Deborah or three new people I get to decide and guess what I get to do Jesse after I've met two new people guess what I get to do I get to either leave early which I may want to I'm you know this is just wears me out I can start to drink I like to drink you know this oh, I met two new people I've met my task I'm done um, I can go out and sit in the reception area for the um, for the hotel and play with my device until it's time to sit down for dinner there there's you just, you, you must, if this is something that you wish to succeed at in your life, you must make it a practice. But it's so overwhelming to say, well, walk into a room and talk to people. It's impossible. I've told you some ideas of what to say. I'm going to ask you to turn it into a task each time you walk into an occasion or an event where you have the opportunity to meet someone new. If you sit down next to somebody in a theater style setting, turn to them and ask what they've heard about the show. That is taking the risk of starting a conversation with someone new, and you've turned it into a task. And guess what? If they turn to you and go, well, I don't know, and it doesn't work, it's fine. They don't (laughs) even know you have kids, Jesse, so they can't (laughs) hurt them, you'll be fine. (laughs) My best advice is to turn this into a task. If you're dating, be prepared. When you go out on the date, don't hope things go well. Have three things to talk about. Either something you already know about this person because you've read it in their profile, or broad questions like well describe a typical week for me or if you could have you know your dream vacation what would be on your list or what is the one thing you do for yourself that that brings you joy I mean, just walk in with three things to talk about. The worst time to think of something to talk about is when there's nothing to talk about.
0: (laughs) Yes, when the lack of conversation has sucked all the air from the room. (laughs) Exactly,
1: right? Well, I appreciate you laughing at my little jokes,
0: Jesse. It's been great to meet you. Great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Um, It's raced by. Uh, Thanks for
1: hosting me. It means a lot.
0: Yeah, come to New Zealand sometime.
1: Oh, I, I intend to. I'll be in touch. Thanks, Jesse. M-
0: my guest, Deborah Fine, who booked The Fine Art of Small Talk.